Hey, it's Fei Wu, creator of the Phase World podcast and marketing services, and you're listening to a new mini series on Phase World called "How to Freelance for Independent Creators." In this series, we speak to the tactics of working as a freelancer, from health insurance to taxes, incorporation, but also the human side of things such as marketing, negotiation, downtime, or burnout. All inside a bite-sized mini series. Each episode is 15 minutes or less. Hi there. This is Fei Wu, and I'm super glad to be back now with more energy than I had from episode. Zero 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 for this freelance mini series, and today we're going to talk about taxes for freelancers. Of course, there are lots of resources already on the internet, but it may be helpful to hear from a real person. That is me, or things not answered on a sort of a tax software website trying to cover every last detail. When I started out, I really wish I had someone to talk to and just walk me down, have a human conversation in plain English on what he or she was going through. And sometimes it's a little bit not embarrassing, but a little intrusive if you don't know the person very well. But I want to open myself up. That's why we created this mini series. And if you have any questions, please. Drop me an email, hello at faceworld.com, or use the newly implemented sort of a voice mailbox on faceworld.com forward slash freelance. I'd love to hear from you. So, as a reminder, the show notes, links, and resources mentioned on this episode can be found on our website, faceworld.com forward slash freelance. And so, there we go. Here are the things I wish someone talked me through when I first started freelancing. If you are a sole proprietor or a single person LLC, you will file a single tax return. Now, if you are a S corp or a C corp, it gets a little more complicated as you have a personal as well as a business tax return to file. So, all that legal side of things, it's important to understand that you have many deductions as a freelancer compared to being a full-time employee. And if you are running an S corp or C corp, Or to be honest, just starting out as a first-year freelancer or your single-person LLC, it's really helpful to work with an accountant, especially for your first and second year. And the reason why I say the first couple of years is because the nature of your business and the way you conduct your business may change drastically. You learn a whole lot in the first year, and you begin to optimize and likely increase your revenue in year two. So let's talk about deductions for a second. There are many categories. To summarize, they come down to these. Let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six, six different categories. The first being advertising and marketing. When you run your own company, nobody is advertising it for you except for yourself, right? When you work for a consulting firm, they have a marketing department. When you're a freelancer on your own. You're it. You're everything. You're the accounting department. You're your collection department. Everything. So anything you do when it comes to ads, Facebook, Facebook ads, Google ads, any sort of ads, even physical ads that you put on newspaper or on a radio, those expenses are deductible. Second is office supplies. I know it's really nice when you worked at the company. You go into your little office supplies room and you get your pen, paper, your fancy notebooks. You have to purchase those things on your own now, and it's not just pens and paper either. 
all the office supplies are deductible. Thirdly, computer equipment and software. So this is a really big category, especially if you're a sort of a digital domain freelancer. To use me as an example, I upgraded my computer equipment several times in the three to four years of my freelance career. I was running on an older Mac. It was going really slow. And uh, at one point I realized I needed a much faster computer. So I purchased that. I'm also a podcaster. So microphone, even you know tripods and stands and different cameras I've been using um, to shoot videos for the company uh, to produce you know online video online courses and content things such as a GoPro um, we purchased a Canon G7x these are not really super expensive cameras still they really do add up so software I have a full list of software that we prefer love to use they add up as well things like canva.com which we use to create all these um, really beautiful online assets and imagery and things such as um, what we use for the podcast, things like Libsyn, there's a monthly subscription. There are a ton of them. I'm not going to go into details. I would say roughly we have 10 to 20 different subscriptions just to run a small company like FaceWorld. Number four, travel and business meals. Now, travel expenses probably sounds pretty familiar. So when I travel domestically, we're internationally for business. Those travel expenses, such as your train tickets, your um, airfare, all of these things are deductible. Also, when you travel and you incur, I mean, you have to eat the business meals, whether it's by yourself or when you take your clients out, those are deductible. However, the percentage has been lowered, which means there's less from meals alone that you can deduct. So look up, Google that or work with an accountant to get all the details. Number five, home office or rent uh, for a co-working space. If you have a home that you already purchased and own and um, you decide to carve out a little space as your own office, and that's what I have. Right now I'm at home and I have my little home office that used to be that used to be our dining room actually. So um, that's one option. You can deduct your expenses from the home office as well as if you um, are renting a place such as a co-working space, we work or whatever it may be, that rent uh, you pay, it's also deductible. Lastly, I'll talk about utilities. I think that is also somewhat straightforward. Um, anything utility-wise that you use for your business. Also, don't forget your cars, the gas that you purchase, to drive yourself from A to B to see the clients and also on the way back. The commute gas mileage is deductible or if you take public transportation, you pay $3 for your train, that's deductible as well. With that said, there are a lot of expenses, business expenses, it's really important and will make your life a lot easier if you open up a separate business account for all your business expenses. So for me, I'm with Bank of America and I will have a separate business account in addition to my personal checking and savings account. Now you don't have to go with Bank of America. The rate really isn't very good at all. You can really consider any of your existing bank. They most likely they will have a uh, they can open a business account for you. We were talking about savings for a second. I want to call out that, for example, if you're doing really well this year revenue wise, 
it's a good idea to consider upgrading more expensive things such as your computer equipments or software before end of the year, meaning before December 31st, as opposed to, you know, making a New Year's resolution to get a brand new computer for a few thousand dollars when you first kick off the year and, you know, right before you need to pay taxes. So if you have some extra cash before end of the year, you know, put that in and that will also lower your taxable income. There are also other savings you could gain by putting money away in your retirement account. Yes, that's major. You can still have your SEP IRA, simple 401k, depending on the nature of your business. And uh, there's a not a super complex calculation, but it's something that I have to talk to my accountant every single year because I'm just not sure exactly how that math works. So I would um, I will save all the information about the IRA, the retirement account in another episode. And there is a company I absolutely love and I'm not an affiliate. That is Vanguard. I think they really have um, the system to take care of freelancers such as myself. I would also say, as a freelancer, take advantage of your credit card perks. You can do the same by making sure the credit card is only used for business expenses. I always do that. I have a not only a savings or checkings account, but I also have a dedicated uh, business credit card. When I go out, I have my personal and my business credit card. And depending on the occasion, if I'm taking a client out to lunch or dinner, I will be using my business credit card, if that makes sense. You don't want to use the same credit card, right? It comes down to for both personal and business expenses. That's a big no-no because at the end of the year, it's really messy and time-consuming to reconcile, reconciliate the, the line items. It's not worth it. My current credit card, favorite credit card so far for a business is called a Chase Reserve. Again, I'm not an official affiliate, but I do have a referral link if you want to check it out. So there is a pretty deep annual fee associated with Chase Reserve that is $450, but you will get $300 travel credit right away, and it's automatically deducted from your statement. I have an interview with Nonstop Dan, that's his name on YouTube, and he goes into great details on the best credit cards and why. For the same reason, you can also go to uh, Nerd Wallet as well. This is a Chase Reserves of highly recommended credit card. So by the way, why do I care about credit card perks? I really never had much interest before I started my own business, but with a business, your spending is higher and more consistent. Every bid you could save, every perk you could get is worth looking into as a freelancer. So oh, sounds good. We talked about having hiring accountant for year one and two. So you may be wondering how much it costs. So it could cost anywhere between, I heard cheap ones such as $300, mine currently $700 a year. And if you run a more complex business, such as an S Corp or a C Corp, you could expect to spend you know somewhere around $1,500 because as I mentioned earlier, you have your personal as well as your business um, taxes to file. Therefore, it literally doubles the effort and that's why it's more expensive, but it's worth it. Your accountant will ask you all the right questions to get to to get to the right information. And after year one, you have a much better idea and a sense for what you're doing. And if you want to do it later on, you'll have the right practice at that point. A few other points. You may have heard this thing called estimated taxes every quarter. Sure. If you're freelancing on a full-time basis, which means the majority, if not all your revenue comes from freelancing, you are required to file quarterly. 
Quarterly means that you generally have about two weeks after each quarter ends to file taxes. So for example, after Q1, as a reminder, that is March 31st, you will have until April 15th to file. So you do have a little bit of a buffer time. And to know exactly when not to miss the deadline, simply Google it, it's all over the internet. So the question is, have I always done that? Not really. Um, because especially when my income is more in flux, I tend to forget about it. It's not good. And there is a penalty if you don't do it quarterly, but nothing really significant. Let's say if you're making under, say, 100K a year, it is a good practice to file quarterly because I know most people don't set aside the money they need to save in order to pay for their taxes the next year. So keep in mind, you are responsible to pay for 15.3% of self-employment tax when you freelance, and this tax exists to cover your Social Security and Medicare taxes only. Generally speaking, it's recommended for freelancers to set aside 25 to 30% of every paycheck in a separate savings account to make sure that you have enough for taxes. Look, if you're deep into six figures, you're making half a million dollars, approaching seven figures or more, you know how it goes. You better set aside a much bigger portion for that. And at that point, I'm sure you have your accountant as well. In terms of software for filing, there are a ton of resources out there. I personally have always used Tax Act, and uh, I just find it really easy. Plus, I started using it when I was working full time, so I had all my personal information already baked in. There is a version within Tax Act that's about 77, I think around $77 per year. And uh, it's designed to optimize tax savings for freelancers. That is it for this episode. I'm almost at the 13, 14 minute mark. In the upcoming episodes, I will discuss incorporation and specifically how you can DIY the whole process in four simple steps. And I'll also walk you through whether incorporation uh, may be a good idea for you or not. Generally speaking, yes, but it shouldn't be something that holds you back from starting your freelancing career. Also, in another upcoming episode, I'll discuss retirement plans, as promised earlier, retirement uh, plan options for your own business, whether you are a solopreneur or with employees. It's yet another great way to save on taxes. That's it for now. And I'm so glad that you spend this precious time with us. And I would love to hear from you. Any questions that are bothering right now or you worry about into the future, drop me an email or um, leave me a voicemail and simply go to phaseworld.com forward slash freelance. Thanks again. I will talk to you soon.